Hey, Nora. Hey, Sandy. What is... Hey, what you wearing right now? What am I wearing? Nothing. No. (laughs) 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 I am wearing a t-shirt, some sweats, really thick socks, and my blanket, which serves as my studio. What are you wearing? I'm wearing a sweater that I took from my mom and a dress that I found in the garbage. (laughs) It's some leggings. Cool. We are obviously styling right now. Good enough for politics? Yeah. Good enough to talk politics? Mm. This is the question that I want to ask. Yeah. Are we appropriately dressed to talk politics? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. But (laughs) I hear there's some people in Quebec and perhaps everywhere who would disagree. Yeah, yeah. Like um, that. there was this tweet a couple of weeks ago that was asking if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was wearing uh, a jacket that that would be a jacket of someone that struggles. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Like I saw it. But, you know, to be honest, I didn't pay it that much attention because I thought it was so annoying that that would be even a topic of discussion. Uh, right now in politics. It's like, oh, the world's falling apart. Let's discuss Ocasio-Cortez's jacket. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just so absurd. I, you know, I I didn't want to give the story any more credence and like just refuse to to read any of the articles that were coming out on it. But I've heard that there's kind of like a similar discussion happening in Quebec. Yeah, yeah. Ever since the election happened, which was October 1st, uh, there has been a steady theme that has focused on on one candidate in particular. And then there's been a couple of other candidates that have kind of, you know, been asked their opinions or or I shouldn't say candidate. What am I saying? They're actually members now. And so, yeah, the entire Quebec media and a whole bunch of the establishment parties are kind of losing their minds right now over a T-shirt. Oh, my God. Okay, tell me more. (laughs) There's a a candidate. Her name's Catherine Dorian. Uh, I should say she's a friend of mine. So, you know, you can add that to this entire analysis, I guess. Does she listen? Uh, That's a... Is she a friend of the podcast? question. I'm... I got to say I'm not sure. (laughs) I, you know, I don't really talk too much about the podcast to folks in Quebec because, uh, you know, we haven't gotten that level of uh, funding for translation. Give us money. Oh, no, we did. We did. We just ha- don't have any translated transcripts in yet, but they're in the works. It, but also the, the amount dropped as well. Oh, it did? <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't fall below. We just haven't reached. We fell below the um, PG version level. Oh, okay. Well, give us money anyway. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, so, so Catherine Dorian has been in the headlines pretty much since she got elected about her clothes. The first big headlines were that she wears Doc Martens. She wore Doc Martens to the most popular television show, and they featured her presence with three other young women, newly elected uh, representatives. They're all in heels. She's in Doc Martens. So it was like, holy crow, Doc Martens. Number two, she wears a toque. They're all like, whoa, man, what do you think this is, Quebec? We don't wear toques around here. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Why can't she wear a toque? It's uh, it's against decorum to put on a toque in the in the house of the people in this province. Oh, in the house. Okay, I thought you meant like she's walking around outside, and they're like, "Oh my god, like a toque. That is the clothing of the common man. You must not." That's what I thought you were saying, but I get it. I understand. Not that I get it, but I understand. Continue. More story. <laughs> 
Well, so then, so then this past week, the big issue has been uh, what they're wearing. Her and another um, guy called Sol Zanetti, uh, they have been, you know, Sol wears jeans, and she has been wearing uh, tank tops, T-shirts, uh, jeans, looking kind of normal, kind of mm-hmm. average, kind of mm-hmm. like she looked when she ran. Mm-hmm. And it has, it has blown people's minds, blown people's minds. And there's one article in particular that I just love because it's CBC Montreal and they have a picture of a, of a representative, a liberal from Montreal, uh, David Birnbaum, and uh, he's wearing a a very big bow tie (laughs) and Catherine's wearing like a t-shirt. And I guess I'm supposed to find the bow tie more professional than the t-shirt, but I'm, I'm just not, (laughs) I'm just not sure about this. (laughs) Yeah. And so this has taken up so much place in, in the political discussion that we've had uh, a very short two week session. That was what was planned. And in this short two week session, the government announced that they will be cutting immigration they uh francois legault worked with rob ford oh my god doug ford (laughs) you keep doing Um, that (laughs) i mean they're one they are one like (laughs) one soul inhabits the body of the other oh god Um, anyway ford terrible thought i know it's so disgusting uh ford and legault so they work together yeah they just they just put out a, a a a call to the federal government to have um money for illegal migrants that literally is what they said in their press release what is such a thing <laughs> anyway exactly i'm just i'm laying the table here for you to just take this away because i think there's a lot of stuff to, to talk about here mm-hmm. um and then um and and there was you know other financial announcements made because it was a mini session and then they've closed for the they've recessed for the rest of the year and the only thing that people are talking about is the t-shirt that Catherine wore to make her inaugural speech which was about the the, the way that the world is destroying every one of us very slowly in uh in crushing isolation from one another as society breaks down Wow, what a distraction. I know. What a ridiculous distraction. And so who's talking about this? Is it like the media? Is it like fellow people in the house? Is it the speaker? Like, like who's talking about this? And is she like violating any rules or anything like that? Like what's 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 like who's setting the discussion here? The question about whether or not she's violating rules has been really what's driving the way that people have co- have covered this. But this is uh, okay. every, every news organization in the province has covered this. Uh, they did a photo shoot with her and this other uh, this other representative, Sol Zanetti, to show them looking super normal in um, in the National Assembly. And so, you know, the speaker has given his opinion. The Parti Québécois is all like, oh, they're not professional looking. Uh, the liberals are kind of saying the same thing. Francois Legault has just kind of said, well nothing which is a little refreshing he doesn't really seem to be the one trying to drive this Mm -hmm. and then the columnists are losing their minds they're just like (laughs) holy shit revolution is coming because of her psychedelic (laughs) t-shirt oh my god and i should mention that the t-shirt the t-shirt is is the name of a of a poet uh, a franco-ontarian poet uh, a guy mm-hmm. from Timmins who's now living in uh, in Montreal. And, you know, th- the fact that she's decided to wrap her big issue, which is culture, into the issue of the day in French Canada, which is, of course, the attack on Franco-Ontarians by the Ford government. So it- it's like it's all so super clever on her behalf. Mm-hmm. And um, and as I say, it's it's just laying bare how 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 abnormal our politics really are. Yeah. And I guess like the whole point of this is this type of discussion 
it like what's going on in the states what's happening in quebec and what could certainly happen anywhere is like what a politician should look like or what people need to look like to be taken seriously in politics and like what a what a distraction in this day and age right now like who cares like what are these people actually saying like i can point to you some politicians who have dressed the best or i don't know i don't know i don't know what the best suits are or whatever but who who look like the traditional politician and who are really really not smart and have done some really really terrible things to tear our society down so like is this even important like who really cares why is this a thing i think that it's a good thing for politicians people who are representing us in you know these assemblies to look like regular people i think that that's a good thing and in in fact this is actually a question of class in my mind like maybe she just doesn't have those things <laughs> <laughs> like and maybe she doesn't want to get them like i don't know like i it just seems like such a distraction given all the important things that need to be discussed um you know mm -hmm. in politics right now but it's for me it's so interesting to to look at the at the juxtaposition of this issue and then the issue about uh free choice in in western society to choose to wear hijab okay these two are issues in Quebec are always kind of clashing with each other all the time. And, mm -hmm. and, and it exists, of course, outside of Quebec as well, where it's like, well, women, uh, you know, the, the, the racist line is that Islam is a racist um, or is an oppressive uh, religion and that women are forced to wear these things that they don't want to wear and Western culture liberates them. And the second that you have a liberated Western woman who decides to wear hijab or is like I'm wearing a T-shirt to work. Uh, then the, the world kind of loses their minds. And I think it is so it's so fascinating to show how how not far we've come and how mm -hmm. we are policed. Women particularly are policed, but everyone, too, because, you know, like Peter Cormos in Ontario always made a big deal, was made a big deal of as a guy who didn't wear a tie. Right. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. Well, Peter Cormos was a longtime uh, NDP member of provincial parliament, and he and he was kind of famous for refusing to wear a tie because he's working class and he's kind of showing where he comes from. And um, and 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 so it's it's this is a gendered issue for sure. But this is where the class issue comes in as well, where when men also say, well, I'm just going to wear jeans like I'm not going to put this symbolic cord around my neck <laughs> i just want to dress like like yeah, a, yeah. i dressed before um and then all of a sudden it's 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 an affront to our our the big oh our collective democratic institutions where we're supposed to dress a certain way and it's a it's a fascinating plane on which politics happens but we don't actually dissect it very much because you know you were talking about a lot of different things that are all, all at play within these within these situations and and it's like taste and it's class mm -hmm. and it's 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 where you come from uh and how and representativity but for like the mainstream uh columnist world it's like oh they are making a mockery of our institutions like never mind the fact that like during the the federal conservative race who is the best dressed in my opinion i would say maxime bernier <laughs> like I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was at a thing. I was at a thing, and I could say he was definitely the be the best dressed of the of the guys who were running. But the, and the two ladies. But the thing is, like, it's like there are many two. ways to make a mockery 
of political process. I would argue <laughs> that many representatives are already doing that quite successfully, regardless of what they're wearing. Okay, And so for that to be the focus of how things are being made a mockery of blah, 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 mm. like that's that is <laughs> that is so outrageous for that to be the focus. And like I I get it, I guess, in that, you know, we're at, we're in like the the shift of generations, I suppose, like everyone's like obsessed with how millennials are like existing in the world and. Um, participating in, in social life seems like every other article is like oh my god millennials they're having babies or oh my god millennials they're not buying things it's like yeah we're you know living in the in the world and yeah. and canned um, tuna is disgusting and what canned tuna, can tuna is disgusting i like canned tuna oh that was the big that was a scandal last week was that millennials aren't buying canned tuna oh okay you know, I don't really buy the canned tuna, but I like it. <laughs> anyway, so maybe it's just not as big a deal for our generation as it was for the previous generation. I don't I don't really know. But who like why does this have to be the mechanism through which, you know, we bring down the sanctity of the political system? <laughs> Whether or not we wear a T-shirt or a, a proper jacket or Doc Martens or um Malono Blonics. like I don't know I, like why does that have to be the thing um I'm way more interested in what it is that her policy interests mm -hmm. are than whether or not she's wearing mm -hmm. a t-shirt mm -hmm. what are these columnists actually saying beyond that Oh, it's it's just a, it, what you would expect. Like uh, this is a mockery of the system that you have to have decorum. This is a lack of decorum. That the there's tradition. Uh, like as this the this uh, MNA who I mentioned already, Birnbaum was saying that this is a a tradition that comes out of uh, years and years and years of practice and jurisprudence. And it's like that. Sorry, what does that even mean? Actually, are you telling me there's there's legal precedent on how people are supposed to dress? And then even if there was like the thing about precedent is that it's always being redefined. So let's let's go. But it's <laughs> I, I think what you talk about this, that this clash between generations and, you know, the millennial generation may be doing things a bit differently. It's for sure that. But I actually think also that this is the expression. This is the, the left wing expression of populism. That this is mm -hmm. literally just people being themselves. Themselves. Mm -hmm. And years of seeing people dress well but completely fuck over average people is enough to make you go, huh, maybe maybe this sucks. Maybe everybody who's wearing a suit <laughs> is lying to me. And they, yeah. you know, probably are. Yeah, yeah. No, that's real. <laughs> I, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that the the idea that you have to look a certain way to be in politics is a mechanism through which we separate our representatives from the people, from the community, to say like, okay, you have reached this level now, you have been mm -hmm. elected to this level now, you are no longer a part of this community from which you came. You now have to do things a different way. You now have to look a different way. You have to sound a different way. You can't say all of those things that you were saying before. You have to... Um, join this political system and make all of these compromises. And I think that as a political decision to say, I'm going to wear Doc Martens or I'm just going to wear what I wear normally, whether that's jackets or not, um, is a political, uh, like it's a, it's a political decision that is using your 
body to say I'm I'm still I'm not going to change I'm still with you mm-hmm. and I'm going to do whatever like and not everybody's going to take that you know like that um route to to make that statement but I think that it is a pretty powerful statement and I think I've discussed this with you before Nora but like I am like very very distrustful of career politicians people who like you know decide when they're I don't know 15 or something that their their goal in life is to be a politician and then so go to school to study politics to become a politician I think that's really weird totally weird (laughs) that's the worst very very strange like I I I trust politicians who come from some sort of a community organizing, like who have some sort of passion. Like I have always been a transit, you know, advocate. And so now I, I'm running for politics to make sure that I can do this thing about transit. Or I've always been interested in the way that space is planned out and accessibility. And I, now I'm becoming a politician because I want to uh, improve this thing. Like there's like some sort of passion there. And that passion isn't I want to talk to people in a house all day during question period like <laughs> seems like a really strange life choice but uh, to me like that requires like that type of politician re- requires um a trust from a community being connected to a community regardless of your elected status and i think that if if you view yourself as someone who has to look different, who has to sound different, who has to make compromises in order to be a politician, you will very, very quickly lose the trust of the community that you came from when you were different. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a really powerful and positive thing uh, to see people who are like, actually, this is not important to me. What's important to me is that I still have a connection uh, to my community and I'm doing everything that I can to, to bring their issues or the issues that I'm passionate about, the issue, the reason why I came here to the fore in the assembly. That's what I care mm-hmm. about. And that is, in fact, ending <laughs> the mockery <laughs> that is our political <laughs> systems right now. Well, it's about authenticity, right? Like this is what people are always saying that they want. They want someone who's authentic and then you can see through someone who's not authentic pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And putting on that costume is is definitely reduces one's authenticity and I was thinking about this like while you were talking you were basically describing what it's like when you uh, are 20 or 21 and you get elected to your university's board of governors <laughs> or in your case uh, governing council your case being the University of Toronto not necessarily actually I don't remember if you were elected to governing council I was okay so there you go and so both of us got the same speech uh, because these guys all collude with each other that yeah. we we were uh, we were now separate and different from our peers, from the people who elected yeah. us to be there, and we were not allowed to vote in the interests of students. We had to vote in the interest of, in my case, Ryerson University. Mm-hmm. And how did that play out for you? What was the big issue on that that you always had to confront that big question with every year? Wait, what do you mean? When did that come up every year in the most intense way? On what issue? Oh, tuition fee increases. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time there's a tuition fee vote, it was like there was like a prep meeting about like how important it was to to represent the interests of the university and the interests of the university is you know, we need money and blah 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 blah. They would basically tell you how to vote. Yeah. And but also interestingly, um, you know, before like in governing council, I don't know if they do the same thing for Ryerson. They have this photo shoot. Oh, okay. Did did you folks have this? I don't know. No, but I have a good photo shoot story. 
Oh, okay. Well, we had a we had a photo shoot before, um, for governing council, and they told us, you know, you need to dress, you know, business casual for this photo shoot. It's going to be we're putting this up online. We we like the governors to look a particular way, and blah blah blah. I wore a stri- striped T-shirt, <laughs> black and white striped T-shirt, and uh, yeah, it's a it was an interesting photo card that year because I was the only one who was like, whatever. I'm just going to dress like I like I am. Like I'm a student. Yeah. I'm a student who's not rich, who's in a lot of debt, and I don't I don't have like w- like a, an expensive wardrobe, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. <laughs> so I'm going to wear what I would wear to school. I'm a student representative, and that's it deal with it (laughs) like what the fuck it is in the interest of of the university to have affordable education for all of you who aren't governing councils or board of governors who are listening so don't vote for it just because they tell you to well especially because at ryerson you know we actually made the economic argument that um that the university didn't need that money because there was such a large amount of money in internally restricted carry forwards which was a fancy way to say surplus uh, that mm-hmm. the extra tuition fee money wasn't even necessary and there wasn't even a good way to allocate the extra tuition fee money. So we were like, not only um, is this whole idea that we're supposed to vote on behalf of the institution now that we've been elected, like basically traitorous to the people who put us here, treacherous, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but it also just was was incorrect. And, you know, <laughs> there's I, I, there one meeting of the Board of Governors that was on Halloween and I showed up dressed like a witch. Oh, my God. And, of course you did. Everybody, well, it was like, what the fuck? It was a random meeting, right? I think I probably had to go from event to this board of governors meeting to like bar night, right? Uh huh. And 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 the reaction from everyone was like, uh, whoa, geez, nor- what's that? And I was like, <laughs> guys, fucking Halloween. What do you mean, what's that? Like, I'm just dressed like a witch. Okay, it was a sexy witch, but whatever, right? <laughs> but that's like you bring up an important point. Like, part of the issue for me too was like, I, you know, I'm gonna be here for this photo shoot or whatever. But then I have to go back to work and back to work is organizing students. <laughs> and sorry, yeah. I'm not going to organize students in uh, like a jacket that I don't have. So, <laughs> so I'm going to just look like I look. And similarly, right, like if you are a politician who is representing a constituency or is, you know, you have a, a file, a ministerial file, or maybe it's a, a shadow cabinet file or whatever it is. And your interest is, you know, after the freaking performance that is question period, going back to your community and making sure that you're part of that community, that you're listening to organizers, that you're whatever, you're going to want to look like you belong in your community, are you not? (laughs) Well, no, a lot of these guys want to look like they're better than everyone else. Well, and where has that gotten us? (laughs) (laughs) Where has that gotten us? Like, Maxime Bernier, the best dressed, according to you. (laughs) Like, where? (laughs) Like, you know, who? I like, who gives a shit about that? Who gives a shit? Yeah. And so, like, I'm also interested in this rules situation. Like, what are the rules, and do they need to change? Well, in this case, the rules are pretty clearly not clear, actually. So, no one is saying that it is against the rules to wear Doc Martens in the National Assembly. It's just that no one has ever really done that. Uh, no one has showed up wearing uh, a tank top with a sweater over top, right? Like it's just, it, it, this is new territory, and it's 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 new territory because the 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 Quebec Solidaire like group of politicians that preceded this group looked pretty normal in terms of the National Assembly. Like Amir Kadir wore a suit, 
Françoise David was known for the dresses that she wore were very like in this Quebecois style, like those Quebec designers that would design dresses and she wore these dresses in this style. She looked very hip. Right. Um, but it was not, it was not, ab- it was not so abnormal that you'd be like, whoa, what is she wearing? You're like, oh, wow, she's wearing, you know, a dress that I see in the window every day I pass by this like local designer or whatever. Um, and then Gabrielle Nadeau Dubois right. came from the student movement where like the guy does dress like that. <laughs> like he's not putting oh, on a. I remember. <laughs> I remember. So that's who he is. And so this is the first confrontation with a group of people who really are, who really are new and who really are like, sorry, why the fuck would I go out and buy all of these clothes for what, like, what is the purpose of that? Mm -hmm. When you were talking about taking pictures, the, like within the, for the boards of governors, for governing council, there is a picture that exists of the board of governors at one point. And, um, and it was crammed inside of a book that my kids have recently found. So this picture has been out like randomly for the last month. I haven't found a good place to put it back. And, (laughs) and everybody, like it wasn't, we weren't dressed up for photos. So everyone's just wearing their like corporate CEO outfits they all look you know rich and well-dressed and I was wearing Mm -hmm. like a a cream colored tank top that pretty much is not really a shirt (laughs) and I'm like oh my god oh god and and it's like you know I look back now and I'm like I wouldn't wear that now but that was so me back then that it's (laughs) at some level like yeah it is it is a question kind of of selling out and liberalism is is this funny thing where you know this the myths of progress are all facades that we have the facade of being uh, of getting better every year we have the facade of being more fair the facade of sexism and racism have gone and we are in an equal society and you know you pull back the facade mm-hmm. and you just see everything being as shit as it always was and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that process of seeing normal things like th- this is this is such an age old issue that like there's a reason why the emperor has no clothes is uh, is a timeless story, except mm-hmm, mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. than the emperor is going to put on the clothes that he's going to wear because he's real. It's like this guy is so full of shit and has so much power that no one's going to people either don't will not say that the guy is not wearing any clothes or they are too afraid to say he's not wearing any clothes. Like it's the double combination until I don't actually remember how the story goes. So fuck if I'm wrong, like whatever uh, a child I think is like that dude's naked. And then everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and so it, like having these themes play themselves out over and over is, is fascinating to me. And still it's like, these journalists, it, I, I kind of always, always goes back to journalists because they're really the ones who are gatekeeping the most because, you know, yeah. the, the, the NDP caucus. They translate what's important for us to, to focus on. Exactly. Like the NDP caucus in Ontario, like I know a lot of the folks there. Um, I, like the only dress thing that I've noticed from that group of people is Joel Harden's not wearing uh, a tie, but he's still wearing a jacket. Like mm-hmm. what if they all showed up in their civvies like would 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 people's minds blow or would that just be like oh okay whatever a bunch of like schleps at the NDP just showed up (laughs) um or did they miss their window because like this is already who they are as the politicians like some of them might have always like have always dressed the way that they dress but Mm -hmm. well and it's not to say that if you don't decide like I don't think if you don't decide to wear like a t-shirt or whatever that you are necessarily selling out I just I just think that it's a ridiculous thing to focus on when the world is ending. 
<laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. you know, I maybe it's because I recently watched Fahrenheit 11.9, right? <laughs> Just like, oh my god, isn't it good? It's good. It's like it's like so unfocused, but it's also in exactly. in the in it being unfocused. It's like like what my mind is doing like just before bed and when yeah. I wake up in the morning I'm like oh my god like like all the anxieties totally. of the world falling apart right and yeah I'm just like there's like many things for us to focus on right now like you know and not to say that we can't focus on multiple things at once but we're not focusing on the most important things like uh, things like what women are wearing take up a lot of space in like what media talks about generally and things like oh i don't know the like largest oil spill in newfoundland's history that cannot be cleaned up is like a blip on our television screens and should be the thing that we're talking about you know it's fine if you want to wear a jacket if you are a politician maybe you're a good politician and you wear a jacket and that's just what it is because it's more comfortable for you or maybe it's more risky for you because uh you're a politician of color and uh, you know like your community like is is nervous about what this could mean for your community and so on like everybody mm -hmm. has different things to negotiate when they're making that type of a decision but I just like like who why would this be the thing today <laughs> that we discuss, especially like if there's no rules being broken and no one's like proposing a new rule, which would be ridiculous. It's like, who cares? Move on. Right. Well, it goes back. It goes back to this whole the, the world is changing, though. And this is, I think, why columnists have been so so intensely uh, on this issue, because they absolutely do not want everybody's imaginations to be blown open. And we are at a situation where all it would take is someone wearing a T-shirt, right? All it would like, take is someone wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> like, oh or, and, I, and again, this is these are ancient themes because, you know, I don't know if you studied drama in high school, but I certainly only took one year of it. And, you know, you learn that oh, modern theater. I took drama every year. <laughs> so, so correct my facts here if I'm wrong. But what modern theater happened when someone broke the choral chanting of Greek theater, right? Someone spoke at a turn and then all of a sudden it was like, holy fuck, what did that guy just do? And it and it's, <laughs> it's revolutionary when what you expect and what you understand is the opposite of that, right? Mm -hmm. And and so the so so columnists, especially and journalists in general, have they all have a stake in this? They all have to play the same game too, right? They're all wearing suits or ridiculous outfits on um, on television news uh, mm -hmm. in the radio. Ever since they've had to CBC Star live uh, streaming radio shows, maybe that's changed as for radio folks. They have to as well a little bit too, although to maybe a lesser extent. But it's all about image, and it's all fake and. And, and as journalists themselves are the ones being like, oh, my God, right wing populism. What the fuck is this? This is so hard to understand. It's like you are the problem. You are like 60 percent of the problem. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. elitist idea of what a, a proper person is supposed to look like, you know, a, a plaid would be bad or, or looking like you just came off the construction site is like a real working person. And then you've got Trudeau with uh, his hair that probably has lots of shampoo in it. And that's not real. It, it creates actually fake divides between people mm -hmm. and, and helps to justify 
how the the system accepts and how the system rejects certain people as being uh, credible or worth listening to or worth having on air, worth looking at. Then beauty mm-hmm. standards play into this. And then, of course, all of the racial uh, people's ability or disability, um, whether people are presenting as cis or as trans, like it basically, it is like the the tip of the iceberg of all of the societal oppressions, and then how they interact with politics. One hundred percent, and like that's exactly where I wanted to go next. Where it's like, I would love for us to do away with the idea that there are there's a particular way that a representative should look like, and or there's like a particular way that a representative should should come to um, having like debates about policies, whether that's. Um, representatives with children who are bringing their children into the house or people who are not white being elected more or mm-hmm. people with disabilities being with being elected more it's just like i like the the idea that there's a certain p- way that a politician looks like and that those are the politicians that we should respect and those are the politicians who are going to do the best for us like has implications in so many other ways than just what are you wearing and uh, those implications, like, let's do away with that shit, because quite frankly, the politicians who look like what they've always looked like ain't doing it for us. Like, the world is ending, everybody. <laughs> it's literally, I mean, no, the world will live on, but people are ending. So <laughs> people are ending. Humanity is ending. So if we could maybe focus on something other than Doc Martens, that would be great. <laughs> yes, the the way that this also has influence in real in the real world is really um, is really interesting too, and and I don't think that that has been something that's been talked about enough because it tends to be focused in in the conversations in Quebec have been have been focused on well. You know, the way that you look in the street might be one way, but you're now in the people's like the National Assembly. You have to have a certain level of professionalism and all this kind of stuff, which is bullshit for all the reasons what we've already said. But there's also very direct connections to what to to how you're supposed to how a politician is supposed to look or how a judge is supposed to look or how a fucking cop is supposed to look like whatever um and then how average people are treated uh in everyday life and so i'm not sure if you heard but this past week uh the quebec human rights commission fined a montreal restaurant fourteen thousand five hundred dollars right when when for women wearing cornrows exactly and so in society, if you do not fit what society broadly determines is appropriate, you're fucked. And mm-hmm. if that's something you can change, that's one thing. And so and a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to change certain things about themselves that they should probably just accept if they if they if we lived in a more just society. And then there's a whole bunch of people that absolutely cannot change that and mm-hmm. then have to fight for their humanity, for their uh, credibility to be heard and all this and all this kind of thing and, and it's just it's like everything <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like it's like everything <laughs> it's like everything it's fucking it's it's a t-shirt today and it's a fucking everything's on fire and all we care about is that anyway it's you know <laughs> and okay so no one's ever done it before but maybe more people should be doing it maybe more people should be looking like what their community looks like. Maybe more politicians should be returning to their communities to have discussions with not just uh, people who are above a particular income level and to feel comfortable talking to the politician or representative because maybe they refuse to call themselves a politician because that's not really who they are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, 
I think it's a it's a it's a great thing that we're seeing people not give a shit about what the traditional rules of what decorum means are because like what is really decorum it's like the ability to fucking have a conversation about whatever right it's like it's it's not like whether or not you're wearing like what brand of shoes you're wearing like who cares who cares yeah yeah the the decorum is a is a funny thing because you know the way that politicians dress and have always dressed these bow ties or the ties and the suits and the shirts and all these i know that like i never studied fashion but when you go to ryerson like you learn from a lot of students that are in fashion that these shirts all have names and stuff and like one breasted and two breasted. I don't know any of that fucking stuff. Um, but that all comes from a time where the only people who had the right to vote were like landowning white men. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So we like, that was a time where like literally large swaths of the population who consider are considered citizens today or considered humans today weren't even considered human back then and so isn't it fucking time that the people take back their institutions isn't it time that they dress down once in a while like fuck even in a uh, catholic high school in in ontario we had dress down day once a month we were allowed to just wear what we wanted uh it, wouldn't it be w- wouldn't it be amazing if Doug Ford could dress like the slobby piece of shit that he is and he gets into work and he's like, oh, "Oh, I'm comfortable. Wow, I don't actually Um, feel the need to fuck anybody today. I no longer agree with everything that we've been saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see a dress down Doug Ford. In fact, I just don't want to see Doug Ford. No, but the funny thing about Ford is that this whole Sue thing actually works very well in his favor because he would lose credibility, I think, if he looked less put together. I don't know, because what he's doing is so brutal that he has to actually hide behind that decorum. So it cuts it cuts both ways to give people credibility and to deny people credibility. Probably. But like, as you're saying, like, it is time to like shift and change institutions. I, you know, like, what even like, let's take this all the way. Like, what even is question period? What is the purpose? <laughs> like, just uh-huh. what, uh, what a performance of nothing. <laughs> but uh-huh. in any case, like, I just know that I have met during my, you know, advocacy experience, some very well dressed idiots <laughs> who are meant to be representatives like I, I remember I think one of the most awful experiences that I've had talking to a real live member of parliament federal and talking to them was talking to them with a group of other students when I was in you know the student movement about indigenous education and putting more money into the post-secondary student support program, which is the envelope of funding that supports indigenous education uh, or in te- education for indigenous people. And you know, we, we were asking for the removal of the 2% cap that has been in place for that program since the mid early to mid 90s, which has stagnated how much funding, you know, and it hasn't kept up with how uh, tuition fees have increased and has stagnated the amount of funding that uh, indigenous people across this country have to go to post-secondary education, you know, just post-secondary whatever, college or university. And this politician responded by saying, but you know that they learn differently than we do, right? 
And it was just such a shock to me because, you know, as a black person, I'm not usually on that side of that conversation. And I was like, what? What are you like? What are you saying? And he was like, well, they have different, you know, they don't learn this. Like it would be a waste of money because they don't learn the same like scientifically they don't learn the same. And it was like, it, it, like th- well-dressed man, looked like a politician, had no fucking sense. No sense. And like that, is, you know, that perhaps like that particular thing is like a, an atypical response, but I wouldn't doubt if it was typical. But it is not atypical that there is like weirdness like that amongst yep. our representatives. Like, I remember another story is uh, meeting with, I can't remember who that politician was or I would name him, but uh, we met with Michael Ignatieff at one point and asked for an increase to the same the same program. And he said, do you know that sometimes we will give an envelope of funding um, to Indigenous communities and what they will do is they won't use it for what we've given them it for and they'll use it instead for like, you know, uh, cleaning water or something like that and it was like it was like sorry you don't under like we were like we're okay with that you idiot and also maybe you should make sure that there's potable water across this country like i don't understand like and as as a representative what he was saying to us was like i can't do this because i can't trust that this money will be used well it might be used for something like making sure water is clean like there are a lot of well-dressed men who are who are representing our fucking interests, quote unquote, like scare quotes around that one, who are meant to be representing our interests and who are idiots. Like they just they don't have it right. And so I'm I'm very satisfied if someone with a t-shirt who knows what they're talking about, who's connected to community, who's not just some sort of career politician, but actually has a passion for changing the societal conditions under which we live for the better fucking power to you go for it it's um it's not i don't think a coincidence that both of your stories are related to how politicians uh see indigenous people in canada because i think when we're talking about power in this country and we're talking about decorum and the normative way in which politicians are expected to present themselves. And, you know, today that could be any kind of person, if it's a a woman or if it's a racialized person, but obviously, especially white men. That all comes from a history where the way people looked, the way people dressed was a colonial project, right? When, Mm -hmm. when, When kids were brought into residential school, they were given clothes, their hair was cut, and, and these traumatic forms of um, direct forms like attacks on the on the the children that entered those schools uh, played itself out across the country. It was a key part of trying to of trying to impose genocide, of trying to carry out gen- genocide. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're not far from those days. We're not far from the last res- residential school having closed in 1996. We're not far uh, from the the days of that of a literal war being waged through imposing what people wore and outlying outlawing what what people wore right regalia being outlawed for cere- ceremonies being outlawed and so these are not innocuous themes they come from somewhere they come from that 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 basis of our country like everything in politics does that is so embedded with racism and with colonialism 
that we are still grappling with it. We're still we're, there's there's still the, the the force to try and make sure that it is in place, and there's still people that resist it. And that resistance looks very different in a lot of different places. And sometimes you, you resist by accident because, you know, you're just being yourself and you're not of that mold. And sometimes the resistance is actually very, um, very direct and very uh, clear. And so, you know, whether it's Catherine Dorian, whether it's we're looking at the United States with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's like, yes, more of that. And if your norm is wearing a suit then like that's cool too uh, and just be very vocal in support of the people around you whose norm isn't that and and making that space for them to be able to dress and put themselves forward in a in a true and authentic way mm-hmm. 